So, if you've ever wanted a space with feminist thoughts and news from all across Africa, then this is the space for you. I get to talk to amazing black women from all over the world and speak on some of those core issues we don't quite get to unpack in most public spaces. Here, we speak on what it means to be a superwoman, learn about consent, finding pleasure within our own bodies, wink wink, get empowered with Donna so we get our finances right, all while discovering amazing African minds. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and like, and take this Afro-feminist journey with me. She was so good that we had to interview her twice. It's Miss Lolo Cynthia once again, and this time we're talking all about sex and pleasure. If you have any questions, remember to actually leave a comment below or, you know, just basically any thoughts that you have. And we'll actually get her to come back again to answer any of your burning questions, as well as about learning about consent and generally anything that has to do with sex and productive health. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoy talking to her every single time that I get the pleasure to. I'm being joined by Lolo once again, all the way from Nigeria. She's the most amazing person I've ever heard speaking on sex and being able to articulate it in a way that we can all understand and learn from. So today we're going to be talking about sex and pleasure and how that relates to us as women, especially in this culture. We're talking about sex is sort of a no-no. You're not supposed to do it. And basically we're not supposed to feel any sort of sexual, you know, wants or needs at any point. So my first question for you is like, how can you urge women to start speaking out about sex? Hmm. Okay. Um, to start speaking out about it in general or to start speaking about it in bed? Um, I think both. You can give this on both. Okay. Um, okay. To start speaking about it in general, I'm going to highly suggest that they start reading more before you even start speaking about it. Um, because when you, the more you read about the issue and you see how normalized it is by the articles you read or by the sex influencers that you follow, it makes it much easier for you to start the conversation. And you can start by just engaging their content. That's a simple way to start the conversation around sex as a grown adult. To start in bed, it's now... The, for me, this is not difficult, but I have heard from so many women this is a difficult part because it's not easy to give your opinion in bed. You can either feel like one, you, the the guy would feel like what he's doing is not good and he you're emasculating him. So so many women just you know endure and just keep quiet because they don't want to make the person feel angry. That's one because well, many women are also scared of male anger and they don't want to make the guy feel bad. How you can combat this is just. Maybe after the first time you guys have sex and you're afraid to say anything, start it up as a conversation and say, um, these are the kind of things that I, I like. These are the places that I would like to touch. You ask your partner, where are the places that turn you on as well? So you don't make it look like a critique, but like a conversation. I want to get to know you more. I want to learn about the thing that pleases you because that's what I want to do for you. When you frame this conversation as an extension of your relationship, it takes away that pressure and burden that you feel regarding sex as a topic because that's where the problem comes from we are all scared to talk about issue around sex because it seems too vulgar we don't want to look too forward but when you bring it up and talk about it not just from sex but from relationship and intimacy you can see that the conversation gets easier so start having this conversation before you even go to bed you know before you guys are in the deed um 
take quizzes. If you go online, if you're really eager to have this, you go online, there are certain questions out there, certain quizzes for people who are about to have sex that you want to ask with your partner to learn more about the things that pleases them. You can take those quizzes, pass it to your partner, even through WhatsApp, and just make it fun. It's very easy to pass things that you want to tell people to do when you joke about it. That's the truth, if you're just starting. So pass it and say, take this quiz, let's take it together, let's see what we score. A compatibility test, a sexual compatibility test is out there. When you start this conversation in non-sexual spaces, that is, we're just having lunch and we're talking and we're discussing what we like in bed, the pressure is gone. There is no hindrance that the man feels he has to speak a certain way, he has to act a certain way for him to feel manly, for you to be, you know, turned on by him. So have this conversation outside of sex and during sex, this is now the most important part. You should be able to speak up. You should be able to say, no, 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 don't do that. It hurts. Um, can I use this position? I prefer this position. No, no, no. Don't touch me here. Touch me here. When you are having these conversations with your partner and you are not doing it in a way that, you know, you're trying to shame them, but you're doing it in a way that I want you to continue doing it because it feels really good. The more you do it, you build the muscle. By the time you've done it three, four, five, six times, it becomes a normal thing for you to tell your partner, no, don't do this, uh, do this this way. This is the way I prefer it. So it also build, being assertive, like I say, it's a muscle. It's a muscle you have to build. No one was born assertive. Like just everyone wants what they want and they say what they want. We have to build that muscle. So build it outside of the sexual space where you guys are just having a more conversation, laughing, enjoying each other, and beauty during the sexual spaces as well, when you guys are in the deed. If you're able to mix those two together, before you know, it makes it easier for you to start having these conversations with your partner. So, before we even get to the conversations, for many people, some don't even know what it is exactly they want to read in bed. How do you begin to explore and find out what it is that you actually like personally because sometimes we sort of generalize and go off what we're told we're supposed to like and mm -hmm. just you know what's in the mainstream so how do you as a woman get to a point where you know that this is what I want and this is what I need um, okay I tell women to masturbate that I don't know so a lot of people come hard on me for giving this but that is the best way to learn what you like and what you don't like because there is no external pressure during those times and it's just with you. Um, with sex, when it comes to women, a lot of women perform during sex because of we think that we are meant to act a certain way. This place, like you said, is this is where we're going to get pleasure from. So when they touch us there, even if we're not receiving pleasure, we have to fake the ones because it's part of a performance. When you are having self-paced solo sex, it's just you. There is no performance. There is no external pressure. You can take your time and literally just touch yourself. I say you should make this a self-care thing because for me, it's self-care. I have the beautiful meal that I love. I have a nice shower. I come to bed, you know, smelling really nice. And I say, today is my day. Maybe I have a glass of wine. You know, it feels good. It's self-exploration. So masturbation is a great way for you to start to learn the things that make you feel good, touching the parts of your body without even um, penetration, without even fingering, because yes, fingering is part of it, but there are so many other things that you can do with your body that gives pleasure before you start, you know, touching around your vagina. So learn to do that thing on your own. And um, if you are not the kind of person who is into masturbation, because not everyone is into masturbation, 
you can do this with your partner and i call this mindful sex mindful sex means you're not looking at orgasm you're not looking at coming you're not looking at in quotes the end when he comes you say are you done you get up no we're just looking at enjoying exactly what is happening at the present moment so you say for the next one hour i just want to be able to be touched we are not penetration we are not doing anything around the vagina i just want to kiss i want to cuddle i want to be stroked i want to be massaged i want my thighs squeezed those are the kind of things that let you know what turns you on if your partner touches your left nipple and you recognize that it feels you know it's really tender versus your right nipple you know in that moment that that means your left nipple feels much more pleasurable if they touch your thighs and it feels really good because you are present because there is no destination that thing that we have to come after orgasm which we feel is the end goal of sex you are much more present in that moment and you understand the things that make you feel good masturbation is a great mindful skill because you have no choice but to be present since you're the only one there and if you can't do that you should be have mindful sex with your partner so start there and you would build and continue to see the things that you know give you pleasure because again it's a lifelong journey what gave me pleasure when i was in my teens is different from what gives me pleasure now in my 20s and probably in my 30s as well it's going to be different so i'm constantly learning about myself i'm constantly learning about my partners i'm constantly learning about scenarios and what it brings out in me because what you enjoy during a quickie might be different from what you enjoy from a passionate love making So I want us to also believe that and um, recognize that it's not one size fits all. You cannot learn it at once. It's a journey. Start where you are and you know begin to explore your own journey on your own. Self-care. All right. I love the idea of self-care because I definitely also believe that it's really really important. And speaking of the orgasm, there's a lot of women who've never experienced um, an orgasm. I have sort of a mother figure I look up to who also only experienced her orgasm within her second marriage and this is in her late 40s so for women who've never actually found pleasure through sex or have never had an orgasm what advice can you give them Okay um I have an article and a video on this it's giving like different steps there is no one reason why women haven't had orgasm sometimes it's because your partner isn't just good another time could be that maybe you are not even comfortable with that partner like like said some women are scared to tell their partners that what you're doing is in good for fear of violence so if you are in that position which a lot of women are your body automatically is in fight or flight like your body is not calm it can never receive pleasure to the extent of orgasm because it knows that you are not comfortable so that's one aspect another is the fact that so many women don't get orgasm through penetration a higher percentage of women get orgasm through clitoral stimulation so are you having enough clitoral stimulation are you having enough foreplay in quote with your partner or are they going straight to the deed they just want to open leg and bang, bang, put everything inside so they can come and sleep so understanding <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> understanding um your body and what it needs it's one great way for you to get that orgasm and the only way can you, you can understand it like i say is through masturbation some women have never orgasmed in their whole life and when you ask them what gives them pleasure they don't know because they themselves have never touched themselves to orgasm before they have never even they've never done it so how can you get with a partner and you expect the partner to make you orgasm to touch you the way that it feels good if you yourself don't know what's going to happen 
is that your partner is going to use the template of the 10 other girls he has been with with you and every woman is different so there's no way that you might orgasm it so understanding your body is certainly one way understanding the things that make you orgasm is one thing as well orgasm anxiety is one um issue that make it difficult for women to orgasm because they are always in their mind sometimes we are so obsessed with the idea of orgasm that we end up over analyzing in that moment and nothing happens because you're in your mind and you're no longer just feeling the rush and the excitement and all the emotions attached to it the orgasm anxiety is something women should just go research on it. I did a video on it. You know, we can, I can give you the link and you know you can add that to the description. But orgasm anxiety is a very huge thing. And also the kind of um, dirty talk that we have in bed. It's so simple, but like um, men that tell women, come for me. Come for me is an erotic term. You know, of course, come for me. We watch it in porn. It sounds good. And it seems like when the girl says, come for me, two of them are coming at the same time what you watch in the porn is not real life. You know, they are acting for you because it's a performance. But in real life, you take what you see in porn and you want to enact it. And you tell the woman, come for me. If this is someone that is naturally dealing with orgasm anxiety, it's going to make it more difficult for them to orgasm because now they feel like they're under more pressure. So understanding the things that move you, understanding the things that take you out of the present moment is also important. Like again, this is just broad, but it differs from woman to woman. Maybe what makes you connected with the person that you're with is when we're not just having trust in, but we are kissing and we are touching. It's bringing me back to the present moment. It's letting me know that this is more than trust and it's also intimacy. Maybe I love it when you compliment me. You tell me my breast looks so good in this moment. As opposed to telling me, come for me, do you like it, dirty girl? Do you get what I'm saying? So you need to really know the things that work for you. <laughs> you need to really know the things that work for you as a woman. Mm-hmm. Don't just watch porn and think that's what's meant to work for you. No. Take time to masturbate, learn the triggers. Take time to talk with your partner about the things around intimacy that works for you, the kind of arousal that works for you. Some people are more visual. Some people love affirmations. Some people love gifts. Some people like when I come into the room and there's a nice, you know, perfume. And there are certain things that just arouse you. You need to learn those things as well. So learning all those things will make you make it easier for you to get to orgasm. But again, your goal should not be orgasm because when your goal is orgasm, it's more likely that you're not going to orgasm because you're going to keep on over analyzing it. It's called performance anxiety as well. So you get on top and instead of you to be riding, you're thinking, my God, I hope my breast is not sagging. I hope that's not what it's looking at. Oh my Jesus. I'm doing doggy and as I see my back, I'm not acting my back properly. You know, those lead to um, yeah. um, inner critical thoughts that also come into our mind. There are certain things that can make it harder for us to orgasm. So it, it's a very wide conversation. But if you start from the basic, like I said, knowing yourself, knowing your body, knowing the things that trigger you, having honest conversation with your partner and saying, these are the things that I would like, having mindful which means not just focusing on the ending but also enjoying the journey makes it makes the ending just much more pleasurable all right and i'd like for us to delve into the price tag that has been attached to sex specifically through our culture and things like the bola and i was reading a post that actually talks about in our culture if a man takes um a girl's virginity He's told to play for what's called damages 
or the bride price. And then most are told that sex is only for the man that has paid that bride price. And then you find that in marriages or in relationships, now that the man is married or that he's paid this price, he sort of believes that sex is owed to him. And now he's not going to be able to take no for an answer. And there's some men who actually use the words and say, you know, why would I have paid so much money and so and so for you to just say no? And they feel like that is their right as the man because there's been that price that's been attached to it. And more so, this price has been put into place in certain things like now if a man buys a girl drinks, if they buy her a gift and all of that, they've also sort of attached this price to it. So in yeah. that aspect, when women are dealing with this sort of situations that are brought on by our culture, what can you give them advice on in terms of still being able to have ownership of their own bodies and have ownership of their pleasure? It's your girl Mandy and you're listening to It's a Feminist Thing. Mm, yes. That's a very interesting question. Um, I think it goes back to the transactional nature of relationships that we have had in our society. We don't like to admit it, but all most of the relationship and marriages are inherently transactional, where women are seen as the product, either women or sex. And that translates to the bride price, where some men can you know, pay bride price and automatically they have ownership of this woman but even a man who pays bride price and thinks he has ownership of the woman already has those thoughts already believes that way even before paying bride price that bride price just gives him a justification and an umbrella to hide under so what can we do when it comes to transactional sex when we need to talk to young girls i like to say let's start from young girls because we can protect them when we talk to young girls, we tell them about what transactional sex is. In our society, transactional sex has been masqueraded as something that women should love, as something that gives women agency, as something as women using their body and sex, um, using sex, their sexuality, their power to gain control over men. It's what Chimamanda calls pussy power, vagina power. We think that that is such a strong power that we should hold on to. When we teach young girls that that power is not the kind of power that they should hold on to. Yes, it's one part of power that you have as a woman, that, but that's not all you have. You have so much more. So when a guy comes to you and you know he's trying to get your attention and he buys you something and assumes you need to give him something back in return, you have the right to say, no, I'm not going to give you anything back in return. And if you want to collect this gift, you can take it back. Because if you think your gift is going to give you ownership to me, then you, you're clearly mistaken. You're talking to the wrong person. We need to teach young girls that they have the right to do things like that. Because again, we spoke about grooming in the last podcast. When you've been groomed, because these are what these men look for the girls that they've been groomed. They groom you and they do things that are nice for you. And you want to repay them because you have associated, you know, relationship with it being transactional. No one can be nice to me just for being nice. They must get something back. So we need to teach young girls about the dynamic of how these men take advantage of the transactional nature of relationship here in our country. Another is talking about culture. Culture evolves, but African cultures, as if we refuse to evolve, we still want to hold on to things that are continue to hold women ransom. We have to start talking about issues around bride price. Are we eradicating it? Are we ensuring that the bride price is so cheap that the men don't even think they have some form of ownership? Because if the bride price is meant to be symbolic, 
why do we have people paying five cows and seven cows? Of course, these men pay these seven cows and six cows and think they've done something huge that they of course have ownership. So maybe what we should give them is one rand, two rand, since it's symbolic. So these are the things that I'm talking about when we talk about um, the culture. We need to go back to the cultures that we've, been, we've emulated for years and see if we're going to eradicate them or restructure them. Another is telling men that they do not have ownership. They do not have a, a form of entitlement over us just because you spend money. And I think that goes back to the idea that men believe that that's the way to get women, that all they need to bring into a relationship, in quotes, as the father is to protect and to provide. So the assumption is that if you're already providing, then you as the woman, you have to also fulfill your own role. So it's a very, it's a broad conversation that can take us to culture, that can take us to gender roles and what men and women are supposed to bring into a relationship. But the first is breaking the idea that a transactional relationship should be the, um, should be the ideal of how relationships should be. We need to go back to the drawing board. We are no longer in the 17th century where people had to just pay because the man is a hunter and the woman is a good cook. We've, we've passed through that. Women are going to schools. We have what we want. We know who we are. We have the ability to get pregnant or not get pregnant through contraceptives. It means that we have a certain level of power now in the society that we never had maybe 100 years ago. And are we moving up in life with those changes? Are we changing the way that people see us? Are we just accepting certain parts that benefit us? Because in as much as men have a certain level of entitlement over our body because they, in quote, get us something, there are also a huge number of women who feel that men can only be entitled to their body when they drop money. Now, I'm not against that, but if that becomes the um narrative of how you're meant to get a woman if that becomes the sexual script that has been played out everyone continues to act a certain way assuming that all the actors and actresses know their role and script so we need to have a broader conversation to say what does it entail to be in a relationship what are the character traits that you need to bring into a relationship as a man not your money what can you bring into a relationship and men think is all about I'm buying something for her, I'm buying her gift, I'm tracking her to abroad. No, what are you bringing as a human being? We need to break away from the fact that that is all they have to show up with for them to gain a certain level of respect or attention. So it's very multifaceted, but culture is certainly one. The level of entitlement that boys grow up with yeah, in the, yeah, watching TV, playing games, their sister is in the kitchen cooking. Of course, you're already telling them that there are certain things that they can do and, and their sisters must do for them just because they are boys. How are we raising our boys? What kind of culture are we, you know, raising them with? What does the bride price in our society symbolize? Is it now a transactional, you know, thing that parents are using to get money from grooms or is it meant to be symbolic? So those are just little things that we can bring up when we're discussing the issue of transactional sex and, sorry, um, the issue of entitlement that men have over our bodies just because they buy things for us. I think you have brought on so many important points. If you have any questions at all, please let us know. If you'd like for us to invite her back, you can just drop your questions off and we would be happy to have her back because she's so amazing. And don't forget to check out her YouTube channel and she, her Instagram and the other resources. 
thank you again for listening and i hope you enjoyed that episode if you did please like subscribe share and tell a friend to tell a friend we're really looking for more women to interview from all around africa and all around the world especially if you're a woman of color we're all about amplifying so please please fill in the form below and we'll be in touch with you for one follow-up episodes or for a feature on our blog this is a feminist thing